Hi, I'm Penny Spikins, archaeologist at the University of York, specialising in human origins. And I'm Dorothea Debus, also from the University of York, specialising in the philosophy of mind. And you're listening to The Story of Things, a podcast about the meaning of everyday objects from the past and present that help us explain the world we live in. So last time uh, we talked about uh, the hand axe you'd brought in, Penny, um, and we ended on saying that it was really interesting because this hand axe did have a very long history and also a story that goes with it. Some of it we know and some of it we don't know. Um, and so what what we uh, plan to do today is to think a bit more about the role that stories play in making particular objects meaningful to us. So quite a few of the objects that seem to have a lot of meaning for us do come along with uh, somehow a significant story. And that's, I think, what we should try to work out a bit more today, how these stories are relevant in making these objects meaningful. Now, you've brought in something here again yep. for us today. Uh, why don't you tell us what you've got there? Well, this object couldn't be more different from what I brought in for the previous episode. This is a brooch. Now, it used to belong to my grandparents. My grandmother gave it to me. Um, and what's really special about this brooch is it's got a picture of them um, on the back, which is quite rare for a brooch. It's a, it's a gold brooch. Um, and they didn't have much jewellery. You know, my my grandmother didn't have much jewellery. They were farmers. I grew up on a farm with them as well as my parents, actually. Um, and they didn't have many photographs either. And this is one of the very few photographs of them when they were just married. And when I look at it, it reminds me of them, even though these are, you know, I never saw them when they were that young, but I grew up with lots of stories that they used to tell me. And this one particularly reminds me uh, of the story they had about once when they were in the Blitz in London, um, and they only had one hat and gas mask. Um, and each of them flatly refused to wear it because they each wanted the other person to be the one who, who would survive. And they were each trying to persuade each other, no, you must wear it. No, no, you must wear it. And they said they went through, you know, there were bombs dropping and neither of them were wearing it as they, as they kind of went. And I just, you know, it, it kind of like sums them up as well. But it also means that the brooch means something to me which has nothing to do with its monetary value and everything to do with what it meant to them um, and why my grandmother gave it to me uh, and all the stories that they told me that somehow become encapsulated in this object through being able to remember them with it. So clearly this this brooch has a lot of meaning for you and it's interesting that in describing it you already start telling different stories about your grandparents that come with looking at this brooch, right? So yeah. um, what you've just said seems to support the view that stories are very important when we're thinking about these objects that are meaningful in our everyday lives. So then maybe what we should try to explore is why exactly this object does have all this meaning for you, just trying to understand better how um, the story that comes with the object and the object itself hang together. Let's think a bit more about what exactly it is about the object that gives it that meaning for you. And one thing that strikes me in listening to you is um, that somehow you seem to have an emotional link to this object. Somehow there's an emotional response that seems to be triggered by this object. That seems right, right? So yeah, exactly. Like I, I could just sit in a room, in a blank room, and think, oh, I'll think about my grandparents. But you know, I can do that, but it, it's not so easy to do. Whereas when there's something physically here, you know, that immediately brings memories in a very kind of instant way. And it brings back the kind of emotions, not quite as if they were here, but something almost as if 
they were here because it's a physical thing. It's just a little bit different from just memories alone inside our own heads. So in a way, in this case, the emotions that you experience when you're looking at approach are the emotions that you experience for your grandparents. So in a way, the object stands in for your grandparents, right? That, that seems one way in which objects might be yeah, triggering exactly. an emotional response. So when people have a favorite teddy bear or something and uh, the teddy bear is meaningful to them, then presumably um, the emotions they experience towards these objects are not necessarily directed at other people. So then still there seem to be emotional responses as well, right? So someone has a favorite teddy bear they've had since they were five or whatever and and they they will not let go of this teddy bear and this teddy bear has a special place at home. So then what do you think? How could we account for those emotional responses? Yeah, absolutely. That teddy bear... um, there's a sort of there's a story behind it, isn't it? We we did a, a a study of student rooms a few years ago, and we found and the objects in them and what they meant to people, and we found some really interesting things. Um, and uh, one girl had a teddy bear. Exactly oh right, so here talking. is a teddy yeah, bear. Yeah, okay. here is a teddy bear. Exactly, yeah. one girl had a teddy bear. And what was so interesting about the teddy bear is that it had a hospital tag um, on its arm, uh, and she said actually the the teddy bear had gone into hospital with her when she was a child, uh, when she'd had to go and have a major operation and so that teddy bear had been with her through that operation and because of that it was really special and we can almost think it's almost as if that teddy bear has kind of got some kind of it's a story that Mm. shares with her Mm. and almost as if it has a moral value because it comforted her Mm. even though it has no we know that it has no soul or agency we kind of feel that it does because it was there for her when she needed it and so that becomes a much more special teddy bear than any other teddy bear that she might know of or come across. Mm, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure I would uh, want to say that the teddy bear quite literally comforted her. That <laughs> seems going a bit too far. Um, but I, I can absolutely see what you're trying to say. So somehow the teddy bear's presence in the difficult situation was calming her. Yeah. Um, so in that sense, one might say metaphorically that it did indeed comfort her, even though it's yes. not a person who kind of... Um, padded her head or something um, but nevertheless there seems to be some calming that emanates from the presence of the teddy bear and then that also uh, having been in relevant situations with the object with the teddy bear will then also have an effect on how she relates to the teddy bear now right so yeah. then they have established uh, some history together she has memories of the teddy bear being comforting at the time so then maybe one thing to pull out of this story would be that there's something um something also related to personal memories here so this student has the teddy bear still with the hospital tag on it um presumably because it reminds her of this time in the hospital um and it reminds her of how she got through it with the help of the teddy bear yeah right so then there seems to be an emotional bond of fondness or something that's grounded in this reminding function of the teddy bear so the teddy bear as as a mnemonic tool as it were so the teddy bear reminds her of that time that she managed to get through and that might be particularly important in a big transition so you're moving to university or your life's changing in some ways and that's maybe when we don't always notice those things around us do we i you know i i i'm thinking about this uh, brooch today but a lot of the time it's just in the jewelry box it's not always in my mind but 
it's there when I need it. And sometimes when we have big changes in our lives, that mm. may be when that teddy bear becomes important again, because it just reinstates that feeling of who that student was and what her past was like and carries a kind of stability to that. That's interesting also, because it means that in one sense, these objects can be emotionally stabilizing. Yeah. Um, but then the story about the student that you told, in that case, it also seems that what the student values about the object now is that it used to be emotionally stabilizing. So it's not just um, the, the the teddy bear isn't just emotionally stabilizing right now, but now it's also an object that's been a part of the yep. student's life, uh, where the subject now values the fact that at some earlier time the teddy bear was stabilizing, and this in turn probably will have a stabilizing effect in the future, right? So having this object of which you know that it was stabilizing at some point might well lead to the object being stabilizing again in the future. So there seems to be a reinforcing relationship here between um, the the stabilizing role of the object. Yeah. Uh, and the memory of the stabilizing role of the object in the past and future possible stabilizing And it's role. a bit, I suppose it's a little bit similar when we're, when we're children, we have parents or carers who are there for us all the time and they're a stabilizing influence. But of course, as we become adults, we don't have people around us all the time. And sometimes we can use familiar things um, almost in the same way. They remind us of those memories and they make us feel safe and secure. And we can use objects to kind of help us to make us feel more calm without necessarily really realizing we're doing that but we look to objects to help us feel more calm in difficult times because people aren't always there like they were when we were tiny yeah that seems that seems true uh, and interesting in a way right how we how we use everyday objects to then play these roles that yeah. our parents might have played in the past so that all seems interesting as far as one's emotional relationship to relevant meaningful objects uh, is concerned one thing that we should maybe think about a bit more now is um the stuff about personal memories being linked with those objects and how that um how the fact that certain objects might prompt uh, important personal memories might be linked with the ability to tell stories. So remember we set out uh, saying today we want to understand something about meaningful objects and the stories around them yeah. and I think there's something interesting here. Um, so uh, this, this student's teddy bear prompts certain personal memories yeah. and in virtue of these personal memories she can then tell a story about who she is yeah. the things that happened to her in her life she got through this difficult time in hospital for example which the teddy bear reminds her of mm -hmm. right so there seems to be a direct link between the ability to tell a story and the objects prompting relevant personal memories exactly that, that needed to build a story and on. they're often their story about us i mean i think you know obviously I, I drew a lot as a child from my grandparents so this object doesn't just it's not just a physical thing it's also about what i learned from them about perhaps you know the importance of putting other people first or those kind of things in life and so you know there's a story behind it which also becomes part of who you are that's yeah. very interesting so then the brooch um helps you understand your, not just your own place in the context of your family, but also um, your place in the world, your set of values as you have acquired them in interaction with your grandparents and so on and so forth, right? So exactly. the object itself then um, somehow triggers a sort of self-understanding yeah. that, and that in turn is fascinating. I mean any random cup wouldn't have such a potential, right? So you, you just have all these ordinary objects in your everyday life and none of these objects has any particular role 
Yeah, in and yet some, some of are drawn still, into yeah. focus in our lives and become yeah. important in that way. Yeah. And I suppose it's something you know that we can we can talk about is that memories are actually often quite fragile. Really, mm. we think we can remember everything, but of course we know that actually some of our memories aren't necessarily right. I mean, I don't know about you, but sometimes it was, oh, remember when that happened? Like a mm. friend from school in the past, and she said, no, no, that didn't happen. Yeah. It's like, no, it did happen. No, no, that didn't happen. Yeah. But objects, because of their solidity, yeah. give us that idea that things are more stable than perhaps they are and that helps us in many ways i, I think that's a good point uh, but you could also look at it differently right so you might yeah. think the object is indeed stable so the brooch that you've got here yeah um we take it assuming a certain realism about the world is really the same brooch as the brooch that your grandmother gave you yeah however many years ago and it's also the same brooch that your grandparents bought together at some point yeah. in time even earlier so what you just said about the fragility of memories that seems absolutely right but then it's great to have these objects that somehow are um less fragile yeah so this object has been in your family for quite a while and it does link you back to your grandparents in a fairly solid manner yeah. and it might the link might be more solid than many memory links that we might have so yeah. in a way not just does the object trigger stories um, also, the object helps you um, experience a link to the past that might be more solid in some respects than the stories that you're telling. Yeah, that's probably very true. I suspect that the story behind the brooch has probably changed through my life, even though I might not acknowledge that it has, but it has. But it gives me the impression of that solidity and identity, um, an identity around a particular story that I guess has actually probably evolved yeah, but I think also as part of our understanding ourselves that the stories that we tell about our own lives will change, yeah. right? Because the understanding I have of my life now is different from the understanding I had of my life when I was 20 because I've acquired a whole set of um, ways of thinking about the world, that new ideas I didn't have at the time. So now I'm reconceptualizing uh, my life at the time when I was 15. I can think about that in a different way now than I thought about it when I was 20, yeah. right? So the stories we tell about our own life will change with time because we acquire new ideas and new concepts and new ways of thinking about the world. Um, so then in that context, again, it might be quite helpful to have these hooks, these objects that work as hooks to hang yeah. a story on so that the story doesn't get completely disconnected from what we actually want to think about, namely the actual past, right? So when I'm trying to think about what happened when I was 15, I want to think about these events. I don't just want to think about some fictitious yeah. Um, story that I might make up about what happened when I was 15. I want to think about the things that did happen when I was 15. Yeah. But as you just said, the way we think about our own past changes sometimes quite drastically depending on how our worldview changes and things. But then having these objects around which these stories can coalesce yeah. and can change seems quite a stabilising factor in in an attempt to understand our own lives. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's why, you know, I, I don't know about you, but every now and then I have to have a bit of a clear out and it's hard it's hard isn't it you've got objects that like date to a, a long time ago and you think well what what can i keep what can't i keep and it takes a long time as well because it's like you can't really go through everything without remembering those memories so you look and you think well how important is that memory do i need to keep this thing how important is that memory do i need to keep that 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 memory you know i don't know i have lots of my kids drawings and i have to go through and say well, which ones are the really special ones and which ones are just like a lot of drawings that maybe i don't need and then the special ones become more special 
Yeah, because they've been cast as part of a story of my life. And the others are like, okay, they're almost identical. I think we can maybe lose some of those. So we create those stories around the objects as well. It's like a two-way process with that object. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, that seems very interesting. So more generally, then, we started out by saying that um, some objects are very meaningful. So, for example, your brooch here seems to be very meaningful for you and um, we've now reached a point where we've talked about your emotional response to the object we talked about the memories the object triggers and then we link that to talking about stories and the different stories we tell ourselves about our own past lives and how these objects might be some sort of hook for these stories and so more generally I guess this means that these meaningful objects do help us to understand our own past and they help us to understand who we are. They give us some sort of sense of self. And as you just said a moment ago, we sometimes choose which objects we want to keep and how we want to think about ourselves. So which which bits are important bits in triggering memories about our past. But that's that's part of the human condition, right? So we're trying to make sense of ourselves and our lives and it seems that these meaningful objects play quite an important role here in helping us yeah. gain a better understanding of ourselves so, and gain a better sense and sometimes of sometimes those i think we can we can think as well that sometimes by ourselves it's not just our own personal identity but who we are as humans or who we are as other groups when last week we looked at the hand axe um and actually when i talk about the hand axe it's, it's not my past that i talk about it's our shared past but the story of that makes a difference when i said to you you know i bet you think it, it might be a weapon you know if that was a weapon that might make you feel differently about yourself. You know, I might talk about weapons, I might talk about, you know, anger and aggression and violence, and it makes you feel maybe that you're a different person if that epitomizes everything of humanity. But talk about care and patience, then that's a different story that that object seems to transport through all those hundreds and thousands of years and becomes part of our identity because it's here with us now. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? So we have now incorporated your hand axe yeah. into our own life. And, and as well, so it's, I, I find that actually sometimes the kind of emotions we get are quite complicated. It doesn't about you, but when I um, deal with things that are really old, I remember I was once working on this um, Neanderthal site, um, and as I was excavating, of course, I realised that I would be the first person to touch that scraper, that, like, you know, the last, not even person who touched it was 60,000 years ago, who was a Neanderthal, and I, like, picked that up and touch that then and it the kind of emotions there are complicated it's like a sense of awe and it makes me feel bigger like part of a wider kind of existence um and that's really interesting that objects can do that to us we can touch something and it's only a piece of rock it is nothing more than a piece of stone on one level this is just a piece of stone um and yeah it can tell us about yeah how people made made tools in the past but on the other hand it it seems to be through its story something much more important and more significant and changes who we are by its very existence yeah, that's that's really interesting. The idea that an object that's a very concrete and and specially located item can create a sense of transcendence, right? I, I hadn't thought of it that way, but I think that's a very important point. I know the, there was a British Museum uh, exhibition of Paleolithic art, and a lot of people were in, in tears after the exhibition. And isn't that amazing yeah. how just that sense yeah. art created 20,000 years ago, 30,000 years ago, can move us so greatly not just because of the art itself but because of the time depth that it's talking about and the kind of sharedness of humanity 
I mean, again, there seems to be a parallel then, right, between the personal objects that we yeah. talked about earlier, where the object helps us to bridge, I don't know, 50 years, yeah. maybe. So my your grandparents giving you this brooch and you being here now, so that might be 50 or 70 years or something that are bridged by this object. And then at a very different, in a very different time scale, yeah. um, thinking about um, Paleolithic objects. So anyway, the hand axe we looked at last time, yeah. uh, where the time span is massively wider but the phenomenon is a similar phenomenon right? yeah we have to story that helps us to understand ourselves in a way that um these meaningful objects these objects that we give this meaning to in our lives do usually prompt some uh deep emotional response as we've yeah. just seen um um they also prompt all sorts of personal memories or um, experiences of transcendence as you've just described where we feel transposed to earlier times um, uh, and they prompt us to tell lots and lots of stories and it seems that these stories are really crucial in making the object meaningful absolutely thank you for listening in the next episode we'll be looking at a children's book that was sent in to us via our survey we'll be asking how come objects help us feel unique but also sometimes make us feel part of a wider experience. The Story of Things is brought to you by the University of York's Festival of Ideas, presented by Penny Spikins and Dorothea DeBoos, with contributions from Taryn Bell, produced by James Legros and Matthew Edwards, with music written and performed by Richard Evans, with special thanks to the University of York's Department of Theatre, Film and Television.